pretty ironic thing for you to say right there hearing your own thoughts in your head in a moment of silence based on the topic that we're about to go into today on the may god help us podcast which you guys at home are listening to right now um and that topic is what father would you like to introduce that one for me fasting not fasting I, you know, you've been doing this whole speaking in, for a living thing for years, and and to see just these rookie mistakes here that you don't even know what we're talking about, that makes us look bad. The fact that I have to, we have to come on here, and both of us are on two, two different pay. I mean, we're probably are going to bring it up. Yes, that is probably part of the conversation. But what is like the? We've been. Well, I didn't want to give all of it away. Okay, but we got to go back and pick up some thoughts from last time, don't we? You know what? Or do we? Are we pretty thorough? No. You know what? And maybe, and maybe this is just another one of those classic moments where I stick my foot in my mouth, where you know you actually are showing your years in the game right now by holding back a little bit to kind of keep people and you don't want to show your full hand to the whole to the audience, you know. So. And we probably are going to have to go back and touch on some fasting because we're moving in. It's you. You guys will see. I don't even know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop talking and let you just kind of run it from here because clearly I have no idea what's happening or how to do this whole podcast <laughs> business. I mean, I've only been doing it for a couple of years. Oh, don't now. do that, man. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I'm just gonna. I'm I gonna have turn no idea how to do any of this. <laughs> do not leave it in my hands. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I mean, you've been you've been paid because who knows where the conversation will go then, boy. Especially if I'm really tired and then it's like I'm, I'm mentally exhausted, I would be... Okay, well, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling pretty tired? Are you dangerous. feeling pretty alert? How are you doing? I, I'm alert. All right. I'm alert. It, it just, it's, you know, it's like when you when you counsel folks, you know, if you're good at it, it involves you, right? Like Romans 12, weep with those who weep and, and rejoice with those who rejoice. So mm. it... it it should take something from you, and I had one this morning, and then this afternoon, and so. Mm. Mm. Well, was this a yeah. uh, was this a bit of more of a draining counseling session, or was it more of an emotional counseling session? Maybe it was a little bit of both. Mm. A little bit of both. Well, I mean. I'd hate to have to put you on the hot seat and throw you into a podcast. I mean, but you're, you know, the life of ministry, it's never done. You know, you can rest once you make it to heaven and you're not there yet. You're close. You're really close. You're sitting right there at the, your retirement pension is whew, looking mighty fine. Um, but, what retirement pension? That's no, 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 no. Boring, right? That's what I'm, you know, you've, you've stacked your treasures in heaven mighty high. So, but you're not still, you're still not there. You can't claim the reward. You still have to a few more, a few more miles left before the gas tank is fully empty. So, and I'm going to drain the last bit out of you that I can for my ventures, such as this podcast and my own personal needs, because I'm a very lost soul looking for help. And, and you're quite a compass. You're quite a compass to keep in my back pocket. You're really laying it on thick tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to actually start asking, I had some uh, money, I wanted to ask you for money, and that's why I feel, maybe if it comes off a little weird, I just, I am, times are tight, you know, and uh, 
I've seen you the. I've seen. Ask me a question. Like no, that, listen. Though. I've seen the numbers. They're starting to to multiply in the church that are darkening the doorstep of the church. So I've figured, you know, maybe you're a little bit more flush with cash. No, it's like the twins come out. Hey, Dad, you got a couple bucks? I'm like, when have I ever had a couple bucks in my <laughs> wallet ever? <laughs> Uh, you'd be all, up until like a couple years ago, you didn't even have a debit card in your wallet. Exactly. It was just like a really thick holder for your driver's license, which I feel like you could have just stuck in your pocket yeah. and gone out with just that anyways. Driver's license and a picture of my six kids. <laughs> That's all I had room for. Well, all right, let's start this. Let's start this venture off. And, um, We've basically, if you guys haven't listened to the last two episodes, I'd recommend you go back and uh, start with feasting and, and fasting. And then the next episode, which I don't know the title for because as of recording this one, I haven't released it yet. So, um, but both we've been discussing fasting. That has been the main topic of conversation. Um, all things food related when it comes to your faith. Um, but fasting also accompanies another action and that action is prayer which it seems to be in all circumstances in the word um, when fasting is referenced it is always side by side with prayer which is really good right i mean just that simple fact in and of itself is is enlightening as far as understanding fasting because when you have it connected with prayer like that then you realize it's not something just purely physical Mm. because the world would tell you to do that. I just saw like this documentary about these two brothers in like Norway or Sweden or something anyway, and they totally got into fasting. And so they do this whole thing on it. And I'm like, well, that's interesting, but they're thinking it purely like from the physical aspect, at least from what I could tell. But we realize that when we see it in scripture with prayer, then we realize that there's something far deeper that's going on there. Because, I mean, I know so there are a lot of... Sometimes those obvious things are... I mean, the, sometimes those things are so... Like, they're right there, but they're so profound, and we just sort of sometimes pass by them, not thinking they're that significant, but... Well, so then, if... Because most people, when they look at it for a physical, it's like a cleanse, a reset, maybe... Which, it, in some ways, the other, even mixed with prayer, it is that. It is a reset, but yeah. it's more than just a physical reset. Yeah. And a physical cleansing of just being able to free yourself of all the distractions that you've had in your life and to be able to refocus, realign your heart, realign your head. Um, but you realize that biblically it's it's God-centered. And when you have it connected with prayer like that, you, I mean, that just highlights that fact of it. So as much as we might glean benefits from it, at the same time, it's it's about our you know, communion with God and that relationship that we want to cultivate and take deeper and we don't want distractions or, you know, if there's unconfessed sin, you know, oftentimes going through that process brings that out and we can confess those things. And hmm. Well, then I guess a, a first question to kind of start off with and to almost step a little bit away from fasting and more to prayer generalized because I feel like we we will still keep touching on fasting and how they go hand in hand but yeah say you take somebody that they 
are either new to faith or they haven't figured out what they believe yet and they want to try prayer. They don't know where to start. They don't know what the point is. They don't know what kind of things am I supposed to say? What, when should I be doing this? Am I supposed to just do this at meals? Am I supposed to do this when I go to sleep? Am I supposed to do what, what exactly is the overarching goal for prayer? Well, I mean, that's, that's a big question. No, but it's a good one because I mean, even people who are, you know, mature in the faith at times ask this question, why do I, why do I bother praying? You know? Mm -hmm. And I would say the first thing to understand about prayer is that it's about a personal communicate communication with God. And it isn't just the, some think that the thought is that really what we do is we're just asking God or letting God know what we need. But God doesn't need to know what we need. He's well, not seeking that, to find that out, right? I mean, we have Matthew 6, 8, right? That your father knows you need these things even before you ask him. Well, and that's one of so the first, per, that's one of the main questions that I hear from people when they don't understand why you would do it, even when they are like slightly more in their, down the road of faith is... But if God already knows what I'm thinking and knows what yeah. I need and want, what is the why? Why pray? What is the point of it? So first, we have to establish that the, I guess you know, loosely use the negative side of it. Prayer isn't made so that God can find out what we need. That's not the sole reason of prayer, mm. right? It's it's more along the lines of the fact that God wants us to pray because. Our prayer expresses our trust in God. And it's also the means by which our trust in Him can increase and grow. Right? As we take things to the Lord and entrust them to Him and and, and express that aspect of dependence on Him when we do that, we you know, and then we see God answer our prayers, or we see God's leading in the situations that we've prayed for. It also it strengthens our faith and helps it to increase. And you also find, I mean, most oftentimes when you look in in the Bible in regards to prayer, it's connected with the issue of faith, right? It's like it's having that trust and dependence on God and and knowing that He will answer. Mm. Mm. So you think that maybe in in some ways prayer is that first step of faith in action. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, one thing, in one sense, because when you look at, like, ourselves as creature in relation to creator, right, there's an attitude of dependence that we have. Man wants to ignore this, deny it. This is why they, you know, vehemently turn their back on God in rebellion because they want to do it their way, as Frank Sinatra sang, I'll do it my way. They want to do it their way, and they don't want to walk in dependence on God, but they don't realize that as mere creature, they're always dependent on God, right? Yeah. Paul says in Acts that in him we live, move, and have our being. So us going to him in prayer is just a natural outcome of the fact that we're creature and he's creator. It's showing our dependence and trust in God. Mm. But mm. it's also about this this communion that we have with him. Because we come with this, you know, humble, deep dependence upon him, 
But it's like we're how can I express this? Like I go to God in prayer because I'm genuinely understand and convinced, right? That God is wise, God is loving, God is good, God is powerful. And so in reality, what I see it is that when I go to God in prayer, I'm truly praying, I come as a person in the wholeness of, of who I am. And I'm having this communion with God as a person in the wholeness of who he is. I'm mm. acknowledging his characteristics. I'm acknowledging his perfections and all of these things, not just in adoration, but even when I bring my petitions to him, you know, like Paul tells us in Philippians 4, to be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to the Lord. Mm. I can come to him, trust him. I don't have to be fearful, anxious about what's going on in my life. Whatever it may be, I don't need to panic. I know that he's good. I know that he's sovereign. I know that he's all wise, all knowing. And I can bring these things to him and entrust him to them. And therefore, I, I don't need to walk in fear and anxiety. But it's in those moments, right, where we're having intimate communion with God. And I'm going to him and saying, I, I, I know who you are and I trust who you are. And I'm depending on who you are. And thus that faith aspect comes, right? is that I'm going to just you know, rest in complete humble dependence upon you, whatever the situation may be or whatever the need may be. And, well, but and as you grow, it's like as you grow in your relationship with the Lord and what you understand of him, your prayers become much deeper, more profound, right? I mean, look at the psalmist and the, the thoughts that we will contemplate about him and that we will acknowledge and, and delight in as we sing, you know, as we pray, in praise and adoration towards him. Well, and you, you got to think about the fact that obviously our relationship to him is different than our relationship to anybody else because there isn't, because of the day, everyone else is on a linear plane where we're all of equal, we're all equals right across from each other where there is a difference where we're talking from creator to creature. Like that's a big step up. But at the same time, he is created like out from my relationship with him, then influences my relationships with others. And so you could kind of, in some ways look back when you're trying to understand how to develop that. Cause it's, it's more than just a genie in the bottle where you're like, Hey, these are the yeah. things that I want today, need today. I trust you. Could you give them to me? You know? And I know you have the ability to, so could you maybe do this or that? But it's it's trying to almost just develop this. It is that very intimate relationship where I feel like some people feel the liberty to, and I almost feel hesitant to ever call God my friend. It feels a little bit like not respectful enough, but Christ says yeah. that he is a friend of us, you know, and calls himself that. And so you almost do, de you are developing this friend-like relationship where even if I take someone like you or, or mom or something like that, where I'm not just, my relationship with my mom isn't just telling her, hey, I need to be here at this time. I need this. I want this for dinner. Could you pick up these things at the store? It's not just a list because 
maybe some people have that relationship with their mom, but I bet you you don't. Ha- that's just you probably don't have a really good intimate friendship with that person. Like it's just a very yeah. that's your job, and my job is to m- ask you to do your job. And it's like, okay, well, that's so surface level that you don't know this person. You don't have this kind of real back and forth dialogue. So just as you would build a relationship with anybody else, it's just time spent talking, time spent in conversation. Sometimes it's just a matter of talking out the things. And, you know, and and that's what's amazing is that there are times where I will be thinking about things and that can just turn into worry turn into stress, turn into just anxiety where I'm just anxiously pondering over, wow, what is this? How am I going to handle it? How am I going to do this thing? But when I truly am taking it to him, talking it out with him, I will have new thoughts that I had never had any of the other times I had yeah. spent thinking it over. I'll have new ways of looking at it because I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of talking to him and seeing, okay, this is who you are. So now how should I view this thing going on in my life that I'm walking through right now? And which is, you know, which is kind of in a lot of ways what you do with any other relationship. It's just talking out the things like, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's what this is developing a personal friendship with the creator. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you, you confide in people, you know, you have those that you trust and you and, you know, we would say bear your soul to them and. And, and, you know, let them know things. Sometimes they already know what you're telling them, but you're just, in a sense, entrusting your heart to them because if there's guidance that needs to be given, if there's, right, if there's even compassion, right? Paul talks about the fact in, in Second Corinthians chapter 1 that the God of all mercies, right? It's like, you know, you go to him and, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through, right? And God can reciprocate with compassion and love and all of these things. Oftentimes, it's through his people as the the conduit through which he works in that. But at the same time, it's nonetheless he doing that. But it's like, you know, we, we oftentimes have that aspect of relationship where we're not asking necessarily someone for something, Mm-hmm. But we're opening up our hearts to them, right? Telling them, because you look at the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are, <clears throat> you know, I almost slipped. This is what I'm, I'm, my struggles are. This is what I look at when I see the world, you know, and, and it's usually their thoughts being taken to God and his character that bring them back around and then comes the hope and so on. But, you know, oftentimes it's just needing to un- unburden yourself and, and put that out there. And that's where you want to have, like, you have to remember who you're talking to. And so you yeah. do want to have a level of respect, a level of understanding that this is the almighty God that I am speaking to right now. But at the same time, you don't want, you don't need to have this flowery language with all these profound words and like, it doesn't need to sound, it's like true prayer is, is blunt. It is just, it's blunt, it's messy, it's coming to him with this, like, I don't have the words. That's why I'm talking to you, because I don't know what to do. I don't know exactly what to say or what to think, but I'm just going to talk this out with you, and this is how I feel. This is exactly how I feel. Unfiltered, in the sense of, like, you're not trying to protect, like, you know, because he knows. He knows exactly how you feel, so you're trying, but you still are kind of talking it out. This is where I'm at. 
this is how I see things. I this is what I see when I read the, your word, and this is how I view it in my day to day. How do I make those things line up? And so there isn't this. I don't know. It's just not this performative. I feel like a lot of people feel the need, and I feel like I have definitely felt the need at times to like. I better have the, all the words to say so I sound elegant while praying. And I think I almost uh, get that, especially if I pray in front of other people. And that's the time when I really, really feel it the most, and which is uh, which is even harder to break because you're like, I don't want to sound like an idiot while I'm talking to God in front of other people. But I think that there's that time where it's like you forget that you're like when you pray over a meal. There are many times where yeah. I forget. I, it's almost like I'm not actually talking to him because I know I am when I'm in my bed, just just chatting away, or when I'm driving to work and I'm talking out, just getting myself ready for the day ahead. But like when I'm praying over the meal, it's like, oh, these are the things that I should. These things sound good when I say it. I want to, you know, whatever. It's it's not even like I'm actually. I'm mostly just focusing on how the words sound to everyone else in the room. But it's, I mean, realizing that, that prayer, there's different aspects to it, right? Because you have confession of sin, you have adoration, you have praise, thanksgiving, you have petition, supplication. These are all aspects of prayer, but you, you know, necessarily, depending on the situation, the context, right? Are, are you going to be, you know, expressing prayer in all of these forms. Sometimes you do, like if we have like a men's prayer breakfast coming this Saturday, which we do once a month, and, you know, we'll we'll cover everything, every aspect, because guys are just opening up their lives and so on. And so sometimes you might do that, but, you know, not necessarily in a church setting when you're together with everybody, will you be confessing your sins, right? I mean, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's just you doing it between yourself and God, and, and dealing with it in that way, which we're not told to, we have to go make a public profession before everybody when we confess our sins. We just have one mediator, and we go through him, which is Christ, and, and that's what we do. But, you know, depending on, on the, the situation we're in, I mean, like Nehemiah, I love that because the king asks him, you know, so why are you so downcast? And he says, I talked to the Lord, and then I answered the king. There's no indication like he went home, prayed for three hours in this formal prayer closet and then came back and presented this whole thing to the king. No, he just, you know, like a quick shout out to God, help me. What do I say? And then spoke to the king and trusted the Lord would would give him the words to communicate and work in the king's heart at that moment. Sometimes it's just that simple. There are times in our life where we're facing something where it's just a cry for help or you know, it's just trying to make sense of even at times our thoughts, our emotions. We're going through something. We don't understand everything that's happening. We don't necessarily know what we need spiritually in this situation or how we need to be growing in it. And so sometimes our prayers are, are going to be confusing because we, we're not sure what to say to God because we're not sure what we really need, but we know something is going on and there needs to be something. And that's when we depend on the Spirit, Romans 8, that he petitions on our behalf with groanings that, that cannot be understood, not by us, but but God knows and hears yeah. and understands. And he communicates for us. And so there are those times where we just struggle to, to find something. And so they our prayers come out messy. Other times, you know, if we look to the Psalms enough, though, I've found that the Psalms give me the words to say. 
they tell me how I can speak to God in a way of reverence and yet at the same time make my you know make my my struggles and all of that known to him and how to do it in a way that brings him honor and glory they're still personal they're still there but it, but that comes with maturity as you grow and know and understand right we always change in that but realizing there's always going to be change and there's always going to be times we just don't know what to say but it is true i mean it's unfortunate that's why christ addresses it with the religious leaders that oftentimes we gather together with other people it's more we're not talking to god it's more we're trying to let everyone know how much we know in their presence and mm-hmm. and therefore yeah. our prayers are completely shaped by them or we're trying to pray change into people that maybe someone's in the prayer meeting and there's something that we know is in their life and we're trying to you know convict them of it and so you know we're trying to change them praying how we pray in that yeah and it's like now you're not talking with god you're talking to joe just go talk to joe and have <laughs> you're, a just, conversation you're just talking and, him with your right? eyes closed <laughs> like, yeah you know which you and it's like we you myself over the years i've seen this happen time and again you know where people do that especially if you know what's going on in people's lives and you're like whoa hey just just go talk to him you don't need to do it this way but you know, but that's that's us as you know, sinful human beings. It's, it's trying to what take we it do, take it back in our hands. Like, okay, well, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta handle this. I gotta be the one to set them straight. Yeah. So I'm gonna use this time to, and which is which is always gonna end in a complete mess. But I, uh, one of the things you said is, is super key. There are many times where I something is wrong. I feel I don't know what. There's just like disruption inside of me. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why I feel a disconnect. Something is off, especially when you are, it's hard in the beginning. I, I compare it almost to like, I think I've done this comparison before many times actually, but like it's it's a lot like when you're eating very unhealthy, which I've, I've done. And um, as someone who has been um, fairly obese, uh, it's hard to know how bad you feel because you're constantly in this state of just consuming garbage. But once you finally step out of that and you've been into a pattern and a routine of eating healthy, eating clean, keeping like, you know, just, you know, eating like not a degenerate. And then you go back to that for even a little bit of time. You eat a few meals that are a few few too many times. You hit fast food and like immediately you just feel this sluggishness, this like ugh throughout your whole body. It it, it takes an effect so fast, and um, I feel like one, the same thing spiritually. Where if I'm especially walking walking on my faith every day and pursuing my relationship and trying to grow in that, like I feel the disruption immediately. Like when I wake up in the yeah. morning. And if I now, if I wake up in the morning and just put my headphones in and start watching YouTube right off the bat and like start going through my day, which is how I lived my life for so long. It was like distraction from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. Couldn't be in silence, always whatever. Then you won't feel it as much you or, or at all, even most of the time, which is probably part of the reason why you're distracting yourself so heavily and you can't be in silence and you can't be alone with your thoughts is because something is wrong inside of you and you don't know what it is. Yeah. But thankfully when i'm in a good pattern i have those mornings whether i get up early enough to spend that time in the morning before work or on my commute to work i'm gonna pray and i can automatically feel like ugh, 
something is not right. My pr- it feels like I like I know he's listening, but I don't feel like I'm being heard, or it feels like it's all. It's almost like when I talk to to my, my now wife, um, and like she hasn't told me that I did something wrong. And, like, she's not being overwhelmingly explicit about it, but, like, just someone in her response, it's like, something's off. Like, either something happened to you today that I don't know about, or I said something in the last few minutes that really didn't sit well with you that, like, I st- I'm not positive what exactly, but something isn't yeah. quite right. It's a very similar feeling where you sit down to start reading, start praying, you're like, um... Something is not, the spirit is like stirring inside of me and it is not going to let me settle in. It's not going to let me feel at peace. It's not going to let me just click into the day and be right because something needs to be addressed. And I don't always know what that is. And one of the most beautiful things is just sitting down with the Psalms open and have a few key ones that maybe you know that like depending on the time or the place I'll go back to certain ones that I really love and I'll just kind of start praying with the Psalms open and maybe I'd only read a couple verses but it kind of it's a good little guider sometimes for me but you just you're like I don't know what's up what is up like what did I do what is happening why do I feel this way can you please like please I'm begging you show me what is going on like search me the inside and point out what is happening that is causing me to feel this way. Because I need to know. Because I can't live with this disruption between the two of us. I need to get back to a place of unity with you. And something is clearly keeping me from being there. And usually within, I don't know, depending on how long, 30 minutes sometimes. Maybe it needs a little bit longer. Because I've got a lot that I need to work through. A lot that I didn't realize was going on under the surface that maybe I've just kind of been pushing off to the side and brushing off and not acknowledging for it is what it is and acknowledging maybe the sin that's sitting there. But you you see it. You see it. And it's it's shown to me every time. Always. It's always shown to me. And then I'm you once you finally get that, then you have this clarity and this like finally you take a full deep breath and you're like, oh, okay. We're, we're, we're here again. I'm, 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 we're in step now, you and I, me and, and we're finally, I've aligned myself with you. But that's that, that's that reminder then, if you think about, well, what is prayer? It's, it's way more than just, you know, letting God know what we need. It's that, that whole encounter with all of what we are, because like Christ in the garden of Gethsemane, right? Not my will, but thy will be done. In prayer, we're encountering our will with the will of the Father or our intellect with his and mm. wanting to think like him, right, and follow his will and understand it. But it also involves our emotions, right? And so we praise him and we adore him and we bring our sorrows and lamentations to him and, and seek comfort and so on. We're supposed to be having that deep, intimate communion all of us, right, in reference to all of him as a person. But when we merely look at it as just going and, and, you know, asking God, you know, for a need to be met and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it's like we we miss the beauty of what it is. It's supposed to be this communion. And I think that's part of the reason why, too, when Christ teaches the disciples in Matthew chapter 6, Right. Do not pray. Do not babble repetitiously like the Gentiles. Right. Because they think that with many words they will be heard. 
it's not meant to be, you know, we, we do this sort of monkish chanting or whatever. Kind of like God. saying Hail Mary right? 57 yeah, times in a row. because it's like, so we don't, you know, just go and repetitiously give this mantra, which is important for us to understand them because he goes right into teaching him how to pray, pray this way, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So he goes into telling him, okay, these are principles that, that should be involved in prayer, but there is this relationship, our Father, right? There's reverence, respect, honor, right? But there's relationship, there's intimacy, there's a personhood. Well, and, and, and we are to engage in that, in the relationship with that person as we pray. I want to. And I, I think want that when you don't understand that, you miss the beauty of it. I want to jump into maybe that next and jump into breaking that down because I feel like a lot of people, we just started reciting the Lord's Prayer, and I feel like a lot of people have a grievous misunderstanding of what that is and what we're supposed to do with that. And maybe we can just kind of take that line by line and break that down because, I mean, he lays it out right there. This is how you do it. This is how you pray. Um, I was going to say um, real fast, and the last thing you were saying, though, is when you look at it as this genie in the bottle, I come to you for requests when I need things. um, It's... You look at, I feel like you're looking at prayer as trying to align God with what you want instead of trying to align yourself with what he wants. Yes. Which is such yeah, an easy, sure. easy thing to do because it's it's a selfish thing to do. It's about you. It's all about you. Yeah, and it's about and, trying to get him you, to get on your page. And when you think of prayer that way, then when Paul says, like in First Thessalonians, pray without ceasing or when he gives his own prayer reports say like philippians chapter one three and following when he gives his own prayer report talks about the fact that i'm continuously thanking god and i'm always praying for you it's like we look at statements like that read them and think how can you pray without ceasing that's impossible but when you understand that it isn't just merely about the formality there is an element of walking through life with a God consciousness mm-hmm. that that you know and, and that he is at work in everything that is around you and all of that and that you live not in a physical universe but a, in a supernatural one, right? And And realizing that there is that spiritual dimension to everything in life and everything is to a degree spiritual, right? When you're walking around in life understanding that fact, and then you can understand then that there can be that continuous communion with God, not sitting down or kneeling formally, offering up prayers. But you can converse with him throughout the day, and you don't have to be, right? Like with Nehemiah before the king. He didn't have to go off to a special prayer chamber to utter these words to God to seek yeah. guidance, whatever He could just do it there, you know. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like just sitting down and like all of us have have sat down to watch a movie with our friends, and yeah, I we don't typically, at least I don't, just turn off and we're all just silently watch. Like we're all talking, like maybe not the whole time. Not the whole time we're watching the movie, but then we're we're discussing what's happening in front of us. We're like, oh, dude, I, I was wondering what this was. Oh, I, the whole time I thought it was this guy, and now it's this guy. You know, whatever. You're you're making your commentary with everyone else in the room, 
and in a lot of ways, that's kind of what it is. You're walking through life, and you're just chatting about what's going on. You're you're acknowledging God in the midst of everything, the chaos of life around you. Because it's so easy to get to get sucked in. Like you're sucked into the busyness and the hustle and bustle, and I got to do this, and I got to get these things done, and I got to remember what I got to get to the grocery store, and then I don't forget I got to do this when I get home, and mm, I forgot I'm supposed to take care of this thing tomorrow, and and you get just sucked into this. It's like by the time you know it, the day is over, and you haven't, yeah. you haven't, it hasn't crossed your mind once. And typically, those are the but days when a, you're like losing your mind at people behind the steering wheel, you know. And those are, at yeah. least for me, those are those days when I'm not acknowledging him at all. Is the days that I'm just annoyed at every everybody is just some reason they're all on my nerves. Everyone is on my nerves that day. But it would change though if you were in that in that constant communication with God. It, it's interesting. I was thinking about like John John G. Patton recounting when his father was you know walking him from his family home and he was heading off to the mission field and as he was walking with his father he looked over his father and he saw like his lips moving and he just knew his father was talking to god and he would do this and he recounted through in his life where his father would you just see his father doing that in the course of a day doing something walking whatever that he would see his lips moving and just knew that he was having a conversation with the Lord, that he was praying. And it really is that, you know, and it's like you, and you can tell when you're around people like that, that walk in the awareness of God all the time, it shows and how they live their life. There is that spiritual dimension to their life that you oftentimes find wanting in in the rest of our lives. And that brings us back to the issue of fasting because there are those things that get in the way. What is it that keeps us, you know, so pinned to this world, so focused on, you know, even the good gifts that come from God when we make them ultimates and those become idols for us. It's like those things can get in the way. And we miss out on the communion with the giver because we're so focused on the gift. And, Thus, you know, fasting and and removing these kinds of things from our life, being spiritually aware of their impact on us and and doing that, right, sort of brings a a deeper connection to that relationship because God is always near, but there are times in our life where we feel like he's far away. That's not his problem. It's it's our problem. uh, It's our problem, right? Because we've put up barriers and things in a way that keep us from being aware of his presence. So going back to your, you know, your statement talking about, you know, as he is like our friend and that it always has sort of, you know, sat with me for quite some time. Now, Paul's statement, like in Philippians one, three, I thank my God. And I've often thought on that because it's like, here's a letter where he's concerned with unity he talks about being one in mind, purpose, spirit, soul. In chapter 1, chapter 2, same thing. How do we do that? By having the mind of Christ in us, right? Not looking out for our own interests, but the interests of others. And all of these things, it's so about unity. And how do you do that? By getting off yourself. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all of this, right? As he starts into this, he's going to refer to him as my God. You would think that he would say something more inclusive our God, mm, mm-hmm. but what's he communicating by that? It's that intimate devotional 
commitment that he has to God, and he's speaking in regards to that. And it's such an amazing statement, but at first it can sort of throw you off because it seems so like exclusivistic, like he's mine but not yours. No, he's just showing the the deep, intimate relationship that he has with God and, and that personal communion that he has with him and how often he has that communion with God on behalf of the Philippians. Because when he writes that letter, this is 10 years after he planted the church. So for 10 years, as he's recounting over all that time, 10 years of not even being there, all that time over 10-year period, he prayed for every single one of them with joy. Mm. And he had communion with God over them and rejoiced about what God was doing in and through them. And so even when he wasn't around them and you know for that 10-year period ministering other places, going through other things, he tells them, I've been praying for you this whole entire time. Well, and that's what and hinges rejoicing. the whole the whole unity, the unity that he speaks of in that book hinges on everyone having their own personal relationship. Because when when your relationship with God is de- is dependent on your small group and it's dependent on your church, it's dependent on your significant other, your friend that you're walking through a book with. If that's this is what hinges your relationship with God in then your unity is going to it's only going to last as long as as your relationship with those people lasts well, you know? Because then as soon as that relationship starts to have issues, then your relationship with God is going to start to deteriorate because that relationship has been dependent on your human relationship and you've got it all backwards at that point. But it was very interesting the reference you made to uh, Nehemiah, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Um, I heard someone else, I was listening to a book recently by Tozer, A.W. Tozer, and um, he mentioned that exact story which of, of how he just, you know, said a quick prayer, went and spoke with the, the king. It wasn't like he had to go disappear. It wasn't like he had to go walk off into the woods or into his little prayer closet and, and have a whole session before he went and did this. He could just, in the midst of his day, before he walked into the next part of his whatever he had to do, he just said a quick prayer and went on. But that, the ability, not that you can't do that whenever, but like, the reason why he could just do that is because he had plenty of those times when he did step away for a, for yeah. his own private session that lasted longer than just a quick minute. Yeah. You know, and that's where I he had a quote from his book that I like that was um the the prayer and meditation of today is what will win the battles of tomorrow. And it's that you have these moments where you do you do need to step aside. You can't just live off this. I mean, you, you take any, again, any other human relationship. If you have a relationship with your wife and you guys are just in passing, seeing each other as you're going out the door to the next thing and you're just kind of chatting in the car real fast before you guys had to go to this other thing that you're, whatever. Like, that can... Obviously, that can work for a bit, but you need time alone where you guys just step away to just talk and just spend time because with each other. Because if you, if, you, if you don't go to him in those times, you won't go to him in the other times. No, no. Right? 
I mean, because you're, you're, it's not something that you do. You're not accustomed. It's not it's a part of your life. It's not a part of your relationship. I mean, if you don't have a relationship with somebody and then something happens in your life, you don't go <laughs> like rushing to, to reach go out tell to them, them about it, right? Because yeah. <laughs> then they'll think, well, who is this knucklehead, right? Yeah. It's like, why are you telling me this? Five I don't years know you just you, reached right? out to let me know. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Seriously. So it's like, I mean, it's like if you didn't have that, right, then there's nothing to base those moments on because there isn't a relationship that's been cultivated. He's well, like a centripetal force in our life, right? He, he draws us to the center. The more that each one of us, right? And this is what you pray for as a, as a parent for your children. And this is what you, you pray and desire for as a husband or a wife in regards to your spouse is that as you are each drawing towards the Lord in your own relationship with him, the closer you are drawing to each other because that's what he does. Mm. This is why the statement in Christ is such a huge statement for the Apostle Paul. Almost 164 times we have it used. And so many of it, just it's, it's Paul trying to express this fact is that in him we are drawn together but also in him, as we grow in him, we draw even closer together. Yeah. And he has that force in our life. And so, but if we're not, right, I mean, then you can't have that unity. And so going back to that statement with Paul, right, if if each one is, is calling upon him in that way, in such an intimate, personal, devoted way, then there will be that unity, that oneness, right? It's when we don't do that that we find ourselves because one will be growing closer and the other one will be moving farther away because there's never a static existence spiritually in our no. life. No, you're always, you're always you're moving somewhere. Moving towards him or moving away from him. It's like floating in a boat. There's currents in the water. Like you're not just staying yeah. still. You're drifting one way or the other. You're either drifting into shore or you're drifting out from shore. And I can think yeah. of so many, if I think of the times in my life when I was far from God, I was far from everybody else. Like I had the absolute worst relationship with with you, with my family, with with both of you guys, my siblings, my friends, and not just because, not because, it was just because I was pushing people away. I just isolated myself away from people, and I just didn't want, I put up walls. I put up, I didn't want to be honest with anybody. I wanted to keep people at an arm's length. And then the more that I grew in my faith, the closer that it has just drawn me to everybody in my life, especially as they grow in their faith, it brings us closer together. That is, there is that unity to it. Um, and I wanted to mention on the, uh, back to the other thing is having, having that already built up relationship, those moments that you take those moments to step away, to go to your prayer closet, to just sit alone in your room in your bed and and talk it out for a while that's that's kind of where then you see fasting come in where this is a moment that okay i need to i need to take some time i need to take some time and just remove all of the distractions fully focus in and i need to spend some time praying through this or for whatever the reason is and and, and we kind of talk more about the reasons of why fasting is a thing that is done and why what circumstances you should do it in the last two episodes. So I'd recommend going back yeah. and listening to those if you haven't. Um, but it's just, it's more of that. Just, I'm going to not only just step away from my day 
for a moment of silence just to be with you. But like, I'm going to step away from everything. And I'm going to step away for maybe a whole day, maybe a few days, maybe a couple, two weeks. You know, who knows what it is, you know, especially depending on what you're fasting from, too. So it's more of that just intimate stepping away and building that one-on-one relationship so that when you step out into life, it's on your you're there. Your your heart is lined, which is such a churchy thing to say is that I want to align my heart with God's. And like, and I only say that because like there are a lot of those phrases that I've I've heard so much growing up that they become monotonous sayings. Like one of them being praying and reading your Bible. Like, oh, how's your Bible? How's your quiet time? How's your quiet? How have you been praying? And read your Bible, and like you almost don't even know what it means. You just know that it's a thing that's asked of you. And yeah. and but but that is really what it is. Is just taking that time to align yourself with what the will of God is, and the only way to do that is to sit in silence and just listen to Him and talk to Him and try to hear from Him, and and then go step back out into the the rest of the busyness of life. Well, but that's the, you know, if you want to talk about going to back to the basics then when you deal with prayer and reading your Bible and fellowship, those aren't things that you do to make you a Christian. Christianity is based on a relationship, right? Paul mm-hmm. says, just as you have received him, continue to walk in him, right? You received him. You entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, not merely a religion, not merely just, you know, the acceptance of a, some doctrinal creed or so on. Not to say that those aren't important, yeah. but it's about the relationship. But we do those things because of that relationship, because through those things, we grow in that relationship. Because if you're not in the word, you don't know God. Yeah. It's the only yeah. place we find and can understand who he is, right? And how to how to speak with him and commune with him. But then also then the communion of prayer and then fellowship because this is how we're encouraged and strengthened and and this is how oftentimes God will answer our prayers in and through his people. When you have those people, you can tell it's like, okay, maybe you met him, but you're not his friend. Or it's like yeah. maybe you know of him, but you don't know him. And and yeah. there's and there's such a clear difference when, at least I saw in my life, it was so rare. Um, thankfully, I happened to live with people that knew him and know him thoroughly. But there, when I, especially because like you you, especially when it's your parents and stuff like that, you you almost you grow accustomed to seeing them and seeing the way they live and seeing how they do and what they do. It's just that's them. That's just that's mom and dad. That's what they do. But there are a few times, there's one person, I don't know their name, I don't even, I wasn't really friends with them, but they were, he was kind of in a friend group that I hung out with occasionally, and like, this dude was so clearly just like, he was full of the spirit. There's really no other way to put it, he just, he was so on fire for the gospel, which is another churchy saying that you don't even, some people have no idea what that means, who just heard it. Um but like he just was it was so it was so evident ever in every time he talked every way he acted his whole demeanor it was just like this guy knows god he knows something i don't know and like i know of him and i thought i knew him but apparently not because this guy knows him and i don't look like him and it's just there's something different about those people actually it takes me it reminds me of a of another book that i read or like 
Listen, guys, on this podcast, I like to say that I read books. Whenever I say a book that I read, it means I listen to it on Audible. So, and I'm going to, I'll correct, I'll keep correcting myself here and there, but there are going to be many times where I'm going to say, there's this book I read. Don't think I read. I don't. Um, if I'm going to make myself read, it's going to be the Bible. Uh, but there was a book that I uh, heard someone read to me. And it it's called A Praying Life by Paul Miller. It was another great book. It was so funny. It was the, one of the first books I'd ever listened to on prayer. And I remember I started to listen to this. And I was like, okay, this, I'm, I'll be, this is interesting. Because I heard someone recommend it. And I was like, this will be interesting. Yeah. But like, I kind of get the whole prayer thing. I, I understand. That's the part of my walk that I get. I understand. And then by the end of the book, I was like, dude, I didn't know anything. <laughs> like This was super <laughs> eye-opening to me about a lot of different things that I had just, like things I kind of knew but didn't fully grasp. And he had a story that he told that he worked at some kind of, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, it wasn't a DMV. It was like oh, accounting. He was an accountant. And basically this lady came in and she was going to have something done. I don't know what, accounting, business, numbers, stuff like that. And... um Basically, he went to fire up the computer and it like crashed and like it couldn't get it started or something. And it was this whole process where she was sitting in the lobby for like four hours waiting for it was like three or four hours waiting for him to like get these papers put together. And they should have been done, you know, and he was just like she didn't say a word. She didn't like she didn't go up and ask like, hey, like, how much longer? She just sat there. She just, nothing. There was no phone. Like, it was before cell phones. She just sat there silently, just chilling. And he, like, at the end of this event, he came up to her and, like, didn't know her, didn't know anything about her, just knew that she had sat there for three hours without making a sound, just just relaxed. And he was, like, he he just asked, he, I, think he, I think what he said was, like, how important is Jesus to you? And she's like, oh, it's everything to me. <laughs> and he's like, I just knew that something was not right. Like there was something off because no one else would have acted like something was different about you that you could sit yeah. here and just be fine. Just be at peace for three hours in a lobby waiting for someone to get your stuff together when anyone else would be demanding, anyone else would be antsy, looking at their watch, you know, pacing back and forth. And she just was at peace. Yeah, And there's just a certain sense of people that just they have that intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship. Because that person doesn't just go, that's not a church-going person. I mean, they are. But, like, they're not just a That's someone that knows. They know him. They talk with him every day. All the day. But that's just, that's someone who walks in the awareness of God always. Right? Always. I mean, it's like if we, Proverbs 3, right? Lean not on your own understanding, but all your ways, knowing him, right? He will make your path straight. Just walking in that knowledge of who he is, leaning on that, and you can see people in life who just do that, right? It isn't, it isn't that their relationship with God is compartmentalized to a Wednesday night prayer meeting or Friday night or a Sunday morning solely. Mm -hmm. It's every day, and every day is a day in which they walk in that relationship, and there's a difference, and it's a difference, and 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 people can see that difference. And it's like a different, I, I feel like that's the, <clears throat> it's almost like a big leap because there was a point where I really started to, I had let my faith just go for years. Like I just didn't have anything to do with it really. Um, 
I wasn't even in church, you know, which was crazy because we were having it in our house at the time being, and I still couldn't make it downstairs on time. And, um, I was like, you know what? I, and I had some things going on in my life, some big things. I was like, I need to, I don't know what I'm doing. This is like, my life is falling apart. So like, I bet I have to do something. And, and I was like, I, I should probably investigate this whole relationship with God thing and be like, all right, is this something I'm, is this something, is this what I've been missing? Is this why my whole life is in shambles? Because I know that I've been hearing all about it my whole life. And I know that I, I've have believed that it is the key to life, but I really haven't implemented it. So, and I started down that journey <clears throat> and I've been on that journey for a few years now. And, but there was a, there was a still a point where I had to make that leap of like, it slowly started to wind up where I was in the word and in prayer more and more often. And it was like, like a few times a week, you know, before it would be like, I'd be in the word a couple times in a week and then I go a couple weeks without it. And then a couple times one week and then a few weeks without it. And it was such an on and off. And then I was like, all right, let me, at least I got to be in it every week at some point. Um, but then there was just this point where I was like, I've like plateaued. I was like, I was doing good, but now I feel like so stagnant. And it feels like, but when I feel stagnant, I feel like I'm slipping backwards. Because like we said, there is no stagnantness. Like you're always moving in a direction spiritually. And yeah. I hit that point. I was like, I need something. I like, this is not enough. What I'm doing isn't enough. And it's like, am I just going to be at this place of like, kind of doing good, kind of doing bad, kind of doing good. And it's like, at least I cut my time down. Cause before it was like, I had a really good month and then I had a really bad year and then I had a pretty decent, like few weeks. And then I had two years that were terrible. You know what I mean? Like that was like rough, but then at least I had gotten it to where it's like, all right, few days on few days off week on week off you know so it's not that bad at least at least i'm more doing well but i was like i need to make that jump and the thing that was just i had to become constant like it's just that thing that paul says it's like prairie without ceasing and you're just like okay well obviously he's being you know that's obviously like not he's not being literal but then you're like okay he must he i think he's being literal because i'm i was doing it the way that I thought, you know, you're supposed, and I'm still, something's not right. It's not enough. It's not nearly enough. I'm not even scratching the surface here. And once you, I kind of made that, and I still struggle, obviously, but like once I made that leap to just commit to making that an everyday thing and trying to make it an every moment of everyday thing, like it just, the, the change, the leap of, of who you are as a person is so catastrophic and just that that adjustment from a few times a week to a few times a day is just like, whoa, whoa. I feel like I'm moving in leaps and bounds in so many ways that I didn't think were possible. But it's, it's, you know, it's taking consideration of your life, right? Paul says this in second Corinthians 13, put yourselves to the test to see if you are in the faith, examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize regarding yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? It's good for us. I mean, especially you look at the church of Corinth, man, and there was all this sin going on. I mean, even the point of, you know, you get people getting drunk at, at, at the Lord's Supper. Like, who does that, you know? But it's like there was a need for, for them to stop and evaluate their own life and see where they're at. And sometimes... 
we need to do that in our in our relationship with the Lord. It's like, are we, is this really real? Because the last thing anyone wants to do is to stand before Him in the end, right? And and ha, and you know, have Him say, you know, depart from me, for I never knew you. We're just going, but you know, Lord, Lord, look, what we did in Your name, and He's like, no, no relationship there. And no one wants to go through that, right? In the end, because when that happens, it's too late. There's no second chances. There's no chance to reevaluate your your life to see where you are in relationship with him. It's it's now, right? And he gives us those chances now, but And there's that fear. I think, if I'm like there's that yeah. fear a lot of times where even now to this day, like probably today I probably had that moment where like there are times when I think, oh, I should probably, I should probably talk to God about this one or, or just like, I should just talk to him. It's been a little bit. I should just bring this up with him. This thing that I'm watching, this thing that I've, I've been thinking about this thing, whatever. And I almost have this instant, like, uh, okay, maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't, you know, you don't need to, you know, like, let's not, let's not, let's not jump, okay, too far, let's not, we don't have to talk to him all the time, and it's this, this nervousness of, like, because it's like looking in a mirror, but a completely clear, truthful, honest mirror that will reflect exactly who you are, exactly where you are, and if you come to him, first of all, you're going to know if you're coming to him honestly because you're going to feel fake and fraudulent if you are talking in a way that is dishonest. And and that is really difficult to, like, you will have, the only time that you will pray is in a public setting. You will never have personal private prayer if you don't want to address things because they will be addressed. Like, there is well, no way you're going to talk to him without feeling this, oh, oh, something's wrong, something's off that I need to That's Matthew with. 6, right, that they like to pray in the in the synagogues, right, and on the street corner so that people can see them, and that's only the time that they do it because there's no real relationship with the Lord. They just do it out in public so they look like they're spiritual, and which that's a scary thing because you can have, I mean, people showing up to church on Sunday, every Sunday, quote-unquote, faithfully, and yet, they don't scripture know. Scripture tells us not not all of them know him. Not all of them have that relationship with him. But it's well, when you when you do that evaluation, you look at your life, and there is a desire, right? I mean, the fact that you even look tells me something's going on in your heart. Because if you're so, it's like I say, if you're struggling, that's a good sign, because you realize there's something that's not right here, and it needs to be right. When you're not struggling, that's the scary part because now you're so steeped in your sin, yeah. you don't care. Yeah. You know, it's it's like Psalm 1, right? Does not walk, does not stand, does not sit, right? At that point and sit in the seat of scoffers, you are now complacent, you're in, your, your arms are crossed. It's like a kid, two-year-old child throwing a temper tantrum. They sit down, I'm not budging, you can't move me, right? If you're there... That's a really bad place. To and, and and there's and you're not going to convince me that you've just got it all figured out. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not okay. Okay, maybe you could sell yourself on that lie, but I'm not buying it. I'm not yeah. going to buy it in that one. And that and that's the thing is don't don't have that fear, like because you are just robbing yourself when you have that knee jerk reaction of like, uh, I don't want to because you're afraid. 
that maybe something may there are plenty of times too where I have that feeling and I start talking it out with him and nothing. It's not like there was a big thing. There was not like there was anything wrong. Like I wasn't doing yeah. anything wrong. It's just that that first that that thought of like, uh, but I don't wanna but talking to him means that maybe things are going to have to change and maybe they're going he's going to show me something that I don't want to see because I'm comfortable right here and I I like the decisions I've made and I like believing that this is right and this is wrong and I don't have to think more about it, you know? I've already made up my mind. And so the thought of talking about anything with him is like, "Oh, but what if he well, what if he pushes me in a way that I don't really feel like I want to to move?" And it, it, there's this funny this is meme going around on the internet of of um ryan from the office i assume you know who that is I, you probably don't because you're very you know you're holy so you've never seen such things like the office I, but but I he has everyone's in the he, office <laughs> unfortunately. He, he has this scene where he's talking about like wanting a new manager and he's like you know what i kind of do want management like i want someone with leadership but don't just like lead me like tell me what to do like lead me lead me when i want to be led and where i want to be led you know and and so i keep seeing this uh there's like christian meme accounts where they'll post that and, and be like me whenever i'm talking to god or whatever you know and there is that where you're just like i i don't want you to push me in a direction I'm not ready to surrender this aspect of my life. And maybe he doesn't need yeah. you to change, but maybe you just haven't surrendered it over to him because you like how it's going. And you're like, I feel comfortable with this. I don't want this to be open to change. I want this to stay the same. And if you have that feeling inside, like just push past, it's like a second. All it is is a second. Just just say, nah, just push that thought to the side and just talk. Just start talking. And like within a minute, you will be past that feeling. And you will you will be far better off. You'll be working through whatever there is. If there is something that needs to change, like if you can just let go of that, you will come out of the other side feeling so much more at peace about where you're at and your understanding of things and how you're going to live from then on out. And even if there isn't the things that you already believed, you'll just be so much more sure of them. And feel way more confident with each step you take because you'll know, okay, no, I've ran all these things past him. I've been open to change. I'm open to the spirit leading me whichever way. And I feel confident about this decision. And usually if you have something that's, it's a good thing, but you've made it that that ultimate in your life, it's like you're not really able to enjoy it because you don't want to lose it. And you're doing everything to make sure that you don't lose it. Yeah. And you find that everything else around you is falling apart just because you're trying to hang on to that one thing. Yeah. But when you are willing to let go of everything and be satisfied in him, you can enjoy those things for what they are. Come or go, doesn't matter. But you'll enjoy it and and and, and it will be what it's meant to be in regards to, to you and your life. And at the same time, it, it doesn't rob you from that ultimate relationship of him. And true, that's kind of the part of the journey that I've been on, at least for the last, I mean, it's been the last few years, but like, uh, it's been something that I've really focused on is learning, just relearning how my, what my relation, based on 
my relationship with him? What should be my relationship to everything else? And there have been so many things that like, they were absolutes for me. They were what I thought was just like, that was, that was everything in life. And one of those things, one of the biggest things for me was alcohol for, for quite some time, which was like, that was everything was drinking. And like drinking was the peak of happiness. The peak of the greatest feeling I could attain was getting drunk. And like, I just did not want to let go of it. And it was just tearing my life to pieces around me. I was miserable, which means you have to drink more to kind of like numb out the fact that everything else is falling apart. But then over the last few years, as I've let go of those things, I have enjoyed them more than I have ever enjoyed them in my life. I've been able to enjoy that food is another one where I was just, I was eating terribly, eating all the time, overindulging constantly. I was super, super obese and like you felt miserable. Food wasn't even good. It was just like you just, you, you compulsively needed it and and now, like, I've I've enjoyed food and had moments where I've, the best, the greatest. It's just never been more enjoyable than when it's just take it or leave it and let God give it to me when it's time to have it. And when it's not time to have it, don't force it. Don't try to, don't need to have it at all moments. Just let it be. And then when God gives you those moments, they're going to just be the greatest versions of those moments you could ever you could ever have. And when you try to spend every day trying to recreate that moment because it felt good, they're never going to live up. Never going to live up. No. So you're living in fear of losing something and you're lying to yourself because you already lost it. You lost yeah. the good. You have the object without the good because you can't have good without God. And so if you're having a godless version of that thing, you just it's so you're missing it. Like, don't buy into that lie that you have something and you're going to be losing something if you if you let him take it over. No, no, no. You're going to be gaining everything. Well, that's the that's you know the lie that Satan sells, right? That you're losing life, right? But Christ says, "I came to give you abundant life." Yeah. And it's like look at that and say, God's just trying to take all life away from me and all enjoy. But no, he's not. He's just trying. So the only way you can enjoy them is with him in your life, Mm -hmm. right? It's like then you can appreciate it for what it is. And you and you can appreciate it with, like with him. You can just enjoy this thing, and and it just brings you to thanks. And you're just like, oh God, thank you for these things, the smallest thing, the thing that like. You would have overlooked, like that's the other thing too, is is like looking back at my relationship with food, every day, like when I started my day going to work, I would like, the first thought was like, ah, what am I craving? And like, I'd want to crave something so that I could go sad, because that felt the best is when I, you know, the moment where you're just like, oh dude, this sounds so good right now. And then you go yeah. get it. And it's just like, that's amazing. That's an amazing feeling. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having like, a, oh, dude, this sounds delicious. Like if we have the ability, we should go get that. But like when every day you're trying, I would like, I would be annoyed if lunch came around and I wanted to eat, but nothing sounded that good to me. And I'm like, but like, I want something to sound good so I could go get it to really go get that dopamine to be released inside of me. And it's and there are these these little things that they they're nothing. You've overlooked them because they're so common, they're so everyday, they're so all the time. That now I have I've been able to grow in such a deep appreciation for something that I never would have even thought twice about. 
that was just every day. That was just regular. That was that was so whatever. Then now you're just like, oh God, thank you for this. This is just this alone is great. And I, I haven't even there's even more to be had after this, you know? So you're truly just you're you're really making it real foggy and you're missing out on on the good that there is. That statement that Paul makes in Philippians three, right? As he weeps those who are enemies of the cross of Christ. For their God is their belly, literally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, living for the things of this world rather than the things of eternity. I mean, that's that's what's I read a verse of the day. It's just so difficult to, it's so easy to forget. But we need to. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna be my own like rendition of the verse, but um, what is it to focus on the the invisible instead of the visible because the visible is finite it ends it dies everything visible dies but the invisible is eternal so like the visible is going to be here but it's going to be gone tomorrow so like don't make that your bet don't make that the thing you live for because that's dying tomorrow it's probably it's probably going to die before you do you know so why would you make that your everything when the invisible is the thing that is eternal And, and the invisible comes along with the visible too because he made it you know, so like I don't know what you're you buy this lie that it that it's just like, okay, well I gotta go become a monk that goes lives in a cave, doesn't interact with anybody, doesn't do anything except for just like eat some berries and like drink water from a stream. But Yeah, I mean really at, you know, you at, ask people, why do you wanna live a life for things that you will lose? Yeah. Right, yeah. your whole life is pursuing things you are going to guaranteed lose. to lose. Guaranteed. Yeah, it's like why would you do that? Seems rather ridiculous when you put it that way, you know. Well, um, I feel like we set a really good foundation. I know I said I wanted to get into the Lord's Prayer, but maybe that's the teaser for next week, and we can we can start there on the on the next episode, is kind of breaking that down line by line, and um. And and Our walking, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm. Mm. Yes, that will be a good starter for next time. Well, I hope that this is. I like I like that. I feel like our last episodes on fasting too. If you listen to feasting and fasting, we talked a lot. There was a lot in the first episode, and the second episode was a little bit more like we kind of set. There's a lot to be set to set like the kind of the groundwork for it, and then you can kind of get into the particulars. So well, I'm glad the that first we- one we the first one we set the table. The second one we didn't eat of what was on the table. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. It, and we moved to the spiritual stuff. We talked about prayer, and now we'll segue into pulling the prayer apart and see what are the principles for our life. And then I'm I'm assuming that maybe not to get to, I mean, I to get too ahead of ourselves, but and give the whole game away, you know. But maybe prayer leads into meditation, which is what do we yes. do with the Word of God itself? Yes, it seems like the natural next step after this. So. But uh, we'll, hey, we're gonna be here. You know, we got to. If we need to spend four weeks, five weeks just talking prayer, then I have no problem with it. And if you at home have a problem with it, check your heart. Pray about it. Just pray about that, probably, because you know, red flag. Take it to the Lord. Take it up with Him. Take it up with Him, not us. Well, thank you guys for joining us in this episode. I hope that this, you know, hope that we at least give you some stuff to think on and some stuff, more importantly, to pray about. Because <laughs> I don't know why you're thinking when you do pray. 
uh yeah i be praying for all of you guys please reach out to us um i don't we don't have an instagram or anything go ahead and leave us a review on on itunes and spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast and then also you can follow me at ian will music on instagram and feel free to like reach out and if you have questions dm me and i will no one no one messages me um so i will see your message and um i will respond on the podcast probably so please do that and uh don't message me i have enough already don't yeah don't message dad i don't even know unless i gave out his number i don't know how else you'd get a hold of him so and i'm not gonna do that so you know thank you I have a lot of free time, on the other hand, and uh, so I'll, I'll answer all your questions, and I'll, I'll run out of the chain to him, you know, so don't worry, you'll still get his answer, it'll just come through me. Um, but, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast, and as always, may God help us, may he help us indeed.